0: Welcome to the Annie monday Podcast. My name is Colin Hemphill.
1: And I'm Kayla Hemphill.
0: On our show, we roll the virtual dice each week and must-watch a randomly selected anime title. Thanks for joining us. Well, Kayla, we're back with yet another show about acting.
1: How does this keep happening?
0: I'm not sure. We went from mechs all the time to, I guess, we're doing slice-of-life acting now.
1: (laughs) It's getting more and more specific. Yeah. I'm a little afraid.
0: I was in an incognito window both times that I rolled, so unless they're tracking me by IP address or something, I don't know. Anyway, uh, last week when we hit the random button on Crunchyroll, the anime that entered stage left is called Glass Mask. This show uh, began as a manga series in 1976, and it is still going on, Uh, so it's been a very, very long-run manga series. Uh, Up to 49 volumes so far. As of 2006, it had sold over 50 million copies in Japan, uh, which makes it the second best-selling shoujo manga ever made. Wow! Yeah. The author actually said recently that she plans to finally end the series. So, we're uh, coming up towards the end of the the manga. In uh, 1984, they produced a 23-episode anime series. There was also a live-action TV drama in 1997, and finally there was a 51-episode anime in 2005, uh, which includes some modern updates like all-new character designs and things like that. Uh, Both of these anime series are available on Crunchyroll, but the one that we watched is the 2005 version. Kayla, you want to hit us with the plot?
1: Maya is a teenage girl who can't seem to find motivation for her normal life whether at school or making deliveries for her part-time job at a Chinese restaurant. However, she is enthralled by movies, TV, and most of all, the theater. When a mysterious woman approaches Maya seeking to train her in the art of acting, will Maya continue living her normal life, or will she wear the thousand masks of an actress?
0: Alright, so, uh, we haven't met a whole lot of characters so far in the series, and our main character, Maya, as you mentioned, is a young girl, she's 13 at the time that the show starts, and she works with her mother at a Chinese restaurant, uh, she does deliveries in the evenings for them, and, uh, she loves movies and loves theater and everything involved with that, and we actually see her, like, veer from her delivery at one point to go see a movie, uh... So she's she's clearly interested in this stuff, but right off the bat, she's not like I'm also going to be an actress. Like this is what I want to devote my life to.
1: Yeah, they um they seem to indicate that she's really only interested in dramas specifically. Because at one point they mention that she's not interested in like game shows or things of that nature. But anytime there's a drama or something on, she stops everything that she's doing to watch.
0: Really, kind of from the beginning, I was I was thinking not so much about the main character herself, but everyone around her, because it gets pretty wild right off the bat.
1: Yeah, it's really clear that there's something off about the majority of the background characters.
0: Yeah, for sure. So we briefly mentioned uh, her mom is somebody that she works with at this restaurant. Uh, her name is Haru, and... What they reveal is that she is experiencing, like, recent loss and suffering uh, as a result of her husband passing away, uh, so Maya's father, and seems to be taking it out on her daughter quite a bit.
1: Yeah, and she's not the only one. It seems like everyone in her life is finding reason to put her down.
0: Yeah, uh, other employees at the restaurant, uh, some of her classmates, most of her classmates were actually okay, Uh, And like her superiors at school were generally supportive, but everyone at that restaurant just hated her guts.
1: Yeah. And not like in a, oh, you know, you, you daydream too much sort of way. But like, we wish you would go away and leave us alone.
0: Yeah. Which is like, she's 13. She is probably not being paid for this. She's just helping her mom out at this restaurant. Like, how about you just... Don't make her work in the evenings. Like, let her go do something else and be productive.
1: At first, I thought this was going to be a Cinderella-like story because there's another young girl that is also at the Chinese restaurant, and she's allowed to basically do whatever she wants. She's allowed to watch TV, and she's allowed to, like, go out on dates and things like that. But but Maya isn't treated the same way. In fact, they often, like, bar her from watching TV, but they let this other girl, you know, do whatever. But she also works at the restaurant, so it's not like she has special treatment or anything.
0: Yeah, and furthermore, she seems to not really do anything at the restaurant. She's way lazier than the main character, for sure. And just because, like, the main character occasionally will break a plate or something... They are like, oh, you're so useless. You're not good for anything. You'll never amount to anything in your life.
1: And it's funny because you mentioned that they had recently lost um, Maya's dad. But Haru, her mom, also talks about her dad being useless. Yeah. So it seems like this wasn't just a recent thing, that this is probably something that they've talked to her about Her whole life,
0: and so the way this manifests in the show, obviously, is that she is super against Maya doing anything related to acting or the theater. She won't come to her school play when uh, Maya is in a role because she's like embarrassed about her daughter taking that role and, well, it's not the lead, so everyone's just going to make fun of you and you're going to be this laughingstock and I don't want to associate with that. And what I can't figure out about her mom and her relationship with her mom is what her mom does want out of her. If she doesn't want her to be, like, an actress or something like that, and she's constantly saying how useless and pathetic she is, what does she want out of her? Is she just wanting her to flounder around a lot and be like this terrible delivery girl for the rest of her life. Um, It's kind of what it seems like, is she just wants her to keep failing.
1: Uh, It's interesting because Maya doesn't even initially talk about wanting to be an actress. Um, That's something that she doesn't even vocalize until maybe the third or fourth episode. Um, Starting out, she just really likes movies, and she just really likes TV dramas. It doesn't really seem to go anywhere. She's never been in the school's drama club. She's never been in a play or anything like that. She just finds it interesting. And yet, everyone around her, for the most part, is quite antagonistic towards her.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Like, she isn't demanding to run off and throw her life away to become an actress. At one point in the first episode, she's literally like... I would very much like to go to this performance. Please, thank you. That's it. Like, she just wants to go see a play. She has never been to one before. And everyone acts like she's a crazy person for it.
1: Which we couldn't determine if that was like a cultural thing. But at that point, we had realized, well, she hasn't talked about wanting to be an actress, which sometimes, you know, people can have a stigma against their kids wanting to go into acting. But she hadn't even said that. She just wanted to go to a play, which seems like a perfectly normal thing in that culture and in ours. Yeah. And yet, and yet everyone around her was treating her like she was a crazy person or that she was throwing her life away because she wanted to see a lovely play.
0: Uh, So all of this changes for the main character when she runs into this mysterious woman that you mentioned earlier. Uh, Her name is uh, Chigusa Tsukikage. And she is like this weird old lady who sees Maya interacting with some children. She was like putting on a play by herself, basically, at this point. And this old lady sees her doing this and decides to stalk her, I guess, and approach her and be like, you're the one I've been looking for my whole life.
1: We should also note that she it's not just because she's creepy because she went up to this very young girl it's also the way that she looks. Um, she is very Phantom of the Opera.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, for sure. <laughs> uh, we find out later that there was some disfiguration that happened to her face. So she covers her face with her hair at all times, um, or at least half of her face.
0: As if her her hair just like magically stays parted exactly on cover. the half of her face. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Um, but man, she for somebody that was supposed to be an actress, she has no social tact whatsoever. She comes off very creepy and does not know how to speak to people.
0: Yeah. And uh, that made for some weird interactions in the first the first time you meet this character. And it's pretty obvious up front, like she's supposed to seem menacing and weird and unusual, but she's definitely going to be like. A helper later, um, and so pretty quickly you learn that this woman is, uh, like you said, an actress, and she was prolific back when she was younger. She was very well known. And for some reason, she was given the sole performing rights to this particular play. And uh, she was the only actress who was ever chosen by the author of that play to portray the lead role. And then that accident happens and she just kind of quits acting altogether uh, because she can't she can't be present in front of an audience now.
1: Yeah. And it's been like 20 or 30 years since that happened.
0: Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, so they locked this play away in the Disney vault for 20 years, and <laughs> she is, like, on the prowl for a protege now. And obviously, that ends up being the main character, Maya.
1: Which is weird, because she, they talk about how she actually has an acting school to, like, train young women to, like, be actresses. And apparently she is notorious for, like, chewing these girls up and spitting them out and yet she just after seeing maya interact with some children she's able to see like her raw talent through the fact that she admits that maya is a complete novice
0: right she she calls her a diamond in the rough constantly Mm -hmm. i think you had mentioned before there's a character named ayumi who shows up who is uh, also a child actress she is like the same age as maya and this person is like the clear choice that she should have pursued for this role that she wants to fill. Because she's been acting ever since she was five. Her mom is a famous actress and her dad is like a producer and director. And she's great at everything she does. And she's the best at, you know, piano and dancing and performance and acting and etc. And she's
1: beautiful. and
0: Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this character shows up and supposedly is going to become uh the main rival for maya
1: which we only know because the narrator told us
0: yeah he he totally spoiled like the rest of the show at the end of the first episode
1: which is weird because if you see their interactions together the the two girls they actually seem like they would get along fine
0: yeah we actually see ayumi like go to bat for maya at one point when some of the other more seasoned actors are making fun of her because she's brand new at this. She's literally never acted before. And she's like, she's going to be like scraping the floor with you guys years from now. And you're going to be sorry that you ever made fun of her.
1: Yeah. And so for us to have in the back of our minds that they're actually going to be rivals feels weird
0: and i guess it could be related to like they're both going to be pursuing this role that hasn't been filled for 20 years and so that's how they're going to be rivals even if they're like friends in the meantime
1: we haven't really gotten to talk about ayumi's personality yet which i think would lend itself for why they're going to be rivals which is this girl is full of herself for sure like narcissist pure narcissism uh, she constantly talks about how awesome she is in the fact that her mother is talking about wanting to play this role because she used to be the protege of Chigusa. And her daughter then comes in and is like, oh, I'm going to take this role from you. You're not going to get to play it because I'm going to be better than you.
0: Yeah, and her mom's kind of like, ah, ha, ha, ha. but this is on a like public broadcast that they're interviewing for. And the mom is like, I've been training for this my whole life and it's what I've wanted more than anything. And her daughter's like, nah, I'm going to take it from her. <laughs> so
1: I can see how right now she doesn't feel threatened by Maya, but I can see how in the future this is going to turn pretty quickly. I guess I, a part of me just hoped that she'd have a friend, one, one friend maybe. That nope. would be nice. Yeah. Every person that seems to encounter Maya hates her.
0: Yeah, and I would say this is my biggest complaint about the characters in the plot. It is incredibly heavy-handed, and in a way that doesn't do the character development or the plot any favors. So we talked about, like, her interactions with her mom, and you kind of hinted at this other girl that she works with. Uh, Her name is Sugiko. There's, like, a, a plot that runs through the first episode where she's really wanting to go to this play, and this girl sugiko is like oh well i have a ticket and i'll give it to you if you do this ridiculous favor for me uh which is basically like doing her job on new year's eve plus like the job that five other people should be filling and maya does it and she proves like beyond a shadow of a doubt that she's not this useless girl that everyone is saying she is constantly and The Sugiko girl is about to hand her the ticket and lets the wind catch it and is like, oh, whoops, I guess I tried. I tried to give it to you and is laughing off to the side uh, to the point that Maya is like, well, screw that. I'm going to jump in the river and get it myself because I actually, like, really care about this and don't care that you've tried to do this to me.
1: This is the part that I was saying is kind of likened to Cinderella, A lot of the beats were kind of the same, you know, holding something that she really wanted to do, saying that she could do it if she completed this task, she completes it and then it's taken away from her. But the part that I think is really frustrating for me is that Maya's not super likable as a character. Um, She's kind of a wet mop. She just stares off blankly at everything a lot and she never says that she wants to be an actress or anything. She doesn't say she wants anything. Um, She just randomly gets enthralled or distracted by movies or TV drama or the play. And she's got like this innate ability to like memorize plays, I guess. But there's nothing really going on about her. The only thing that makes her sympathetic as a character is the fact that everyone is treating her like garbage. And that's kind of the heavy handedness that I think you're talking about is the fact that the story so badly wants us to feel for her and to like her and to root for her because she's the underdog. But she could care less. Like she's not really fighting for anything. She's just kind of figuring things out and just like, oh, here's this thing that I sort of like But everybody's treating me like garbage for no reason. And it feels not realistic. Like, the majority of people are not that cruel for no reason, just because.
0: Yeah, she never really seems to have any sort of response to people treating her like dirt. And likewise, she doesn't really invest in in her acting career that she wants so desperately until this mystery woman shows up and tells her, like, you'd be great at this. She's like, "Oh, I guess I would."
1: Yeah, it's like she never realized that that could even be a career path.
0: Right, which maybe for a 13-year-old, you know, they're at that point where they're I want to be an astronaut dreams are over and they're not quite to the uh the harsh reality of I got to pay bills. <laughs> so maybe that's the perfect point at which You kind of learn those things.
1: But that's the part I wish the story had gone with. Instead of making everyone around her, like, tear her down for no reason, they could have made it about this young woman discovering this love in her life. And then, you know, having some opposition to that, like, as a result, right? Like, she could have said, hey, I really want to be an actress. And then her mom say, ooh, like, that's maybe not a great idea. Yeah. Instead of just telling her she's a terrible person, she's not good at anything, it's just saying, hey, being an actress, not that easy, not a great career path. Maybe we should look at something else. There could have been some realism, but there wasn't. And it's just there to make me feel for a character that I don't really relate to.
0: Yeah, and so you have this kind of wet mop character as the the forefront, and then everyone around them is kind of one of two different characters, They are either the saviors who swoop in to advocate for Maya and they'll stop at nothing to see her succeed or they will despise everything about her and everything she does and they'll do everything in their power to make sure she amounts to nothing. And those kind of two sides of things don't make for good rounded characters.
1: No, not at all. And it's undeserved. At that point, she's not really shown to be special in any way other than people just saying that she's good at something. So it's it's hard to root for her.
0: All right. I think that wraps us up with characters and story. And uh, we'll be back shortly after a break. And we'll talk about the production quality.
1: Hello. <laughs> so, Colin, what did you think about the animation style, the character design, and the music?
0: So I have mentioned on several episodes before uh, that this era of character designs is not my favorite. This kind of early 2000s era of anime had a very specific look to the characters, and they have updated the original characters from the manga in the 1980 anime, the 1980s anime, uh, to be kind of reminiscent of the more modern style. And so I'm not going to fault the show for being of that era, but uh, to reiterate, it is not my favorite. I don't necessarily like the way that these look. I also can't really say if it's an improvement over the original uh, and how much they needed to be updated. Uh, I haven't seen the full show aside from a few screenshots. Uh, I will say that Suki Kage is bizarre looking, uh, <laughs> which we've mentioned before. She's kind of meant to be menacing and weird looking, but her like unknown age, her face, her like half hair in front of her face. Uh, just the kind of whole package of her character seemed weird to me.
1: Yeah, um, I definitely thought she was going to be like a classic cartoon villain. Yeah, um, she just oozed uncomfortableness, um, which makes sense. Like I said, once I started thinking about this character as like Phantom of the Opera, totally clicked into place. It everything about her character is that same sort of feel um, that she is living vicariously through Maya and her success. The part that I had to say about the animation though is for a show that's about drama and the theater and all of that, the animation felt very stilted. There was a lot of times where there just wasn't a lot of movement happening or the way that the different parts of the animation were layered on top of each other didn't look like they meshed well. Um, Sometimes, you know, you can experience this in video games or in in, uh, computer animation especially, you can tell when two things were animated separately because they just don't connect the right way. And there was oftentimes in this show when I felt that same sort of feeling of like, it looks like Maya was not drawn in this scene and she was just kind of plastered on top of it because she doesn't really look like she's interacting with the environment around her. And I could not get that out of my head. It it felt so strange that so often the characters or, or something just was not a cohesive look.
0: Yeah. And we also haven't really seen anything complex in the show. These are all very simple scenes. There's no action. There's no running. There's no fighting. Uh, and I know that Later on, there's probably going to be dancing, because that's one of the requirements of this troupe that she's been in, is that they have to be trained in dancing, too. And since we haven't seen anything complex, and they're already kind of looking stilted, uh, I don't have necessarily high hopes for scenes like that where it's supposed to be really fluid, you might have been thinking about the scene as well. But there's one scene in particular where she is supposed to be, Maya is supposed to be pantomiming a scene. And in this scene, a bird has escaped from its cage and she is running around her apartment like trying to, f- trying to catch it. And it felt really weird to watch. And obviously there's a part of that that's supposed to be weird because you're supposed to be imagining the scene happening with just her movements um, and in fact the other characters say the same thing like they're talking about how stilted and how unanimated she is when she's performing the scene but like this scene is supposed to be impactful because it's supposed to be showing that while she's unrefined because she hasn't done this before she has very natural raw talent And uh, her supposed rival talks about this scene being so well executed because look at her eyes like you can follow her eyes and see the bird. And you couldn't actually see any of that from the animation perspective. In general, I I don't I can't say that the the acting scenes, I can't really say if they're successful at conveying the character's talents.
1: Uh, You mentioned eyes and that was another thing I wanted to talk about. Something that a lot of people talk about with anime is the disproportion of their eyes, and um, that is still true in this show, but they do a lot of close-ups on her eyes.
0: Of her staring.
1: Uh, Yes, of her staring, and I think it's supposed to be like a drama kind of thing, very, you know, soap opera-like, but they come off looking so lifeless, I couldn't quite pinpoint, like, what about the the style that they chose to draw in made it feel like I was just staring at a very flat, dead character. But man, uh, they talk about how special her eyes are. There's a lot of imagery that's with her eyes when she's getting really involved in, like, taking on the persona of the character that she's acting, but they look dead to me. <laughs>
0: I will say one thing uh, that I thought was well executed was the vocal delivery of uh, the lines themselves. The The voice acting seemed really solid. And where animation kind of failed to, to tell you how successful a character was at performing a scene, um, I think you could tell from the voice actors uh, much better how that scene was playing out. So novice actors in the show sounded like novices because there were expert voice actors. And likewise, the professional actors sounded like pros because the voice actors did their job. Uh, So I think that that worked out well for the show.
1: Yeah, I would completely agree. There's parts where she's just kind of being Maya is just kind of being her normal self. Uh, And then when she gets her first acting role, she kind of starts off like doing what her director asked her to do. And then she shifts to what she really believes like her character would do and the voice acting changed the animation stayed the same so it was sort of like i don't know you know she looked the same but that voice actor just ramped it up and they did a phenomenal job so i i would totally agree that the voice acting was totally
0: totally amazing which speaking of that scene if you're just trying to get your start in the acting world i am guessing that ignoring your director (laughs) is probably not a great idea
1: probably not There is one thing I want to say about the music. Um, It is very reminiscent of classic soap opera music. Everything that plays uh, while the show is going on directly tells you what's about to happen. So there were scenes that were building tension, but because of the choices that they made in music, you knew exactly what was about to happen. There were points when Colin and I were watching this that I almost exactly told Colin what was just about to happen because of the music cues. Um, We talk about, like, tropes in um, animation and characters and stuff like that. And this show totally did that with the music, uh, which was strange for me. And even the intro and outro music is, whew, it's bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, part of me thought it was pretty par for the course of this era and the The fact that it's a drama about some acting, Uh, I don't know that I expected much from it, and I didn't get anything out of it, so it comes out pretty even for me.
1: Fair enough. So tell me about some of your general thoughts that you had for this show.
0: Part of me weirdly enjoyed watching it, uh, despite all the horrible things (laughs) I've said about the show. Um, I don't know, maybe it was just fascinating to watch uh, how weird it was and how unusual the character choices were what i will say is that this is a story about some really heavy themes uh there's there's tragedy there's mental health issues there's abuse and we've seen a little bit of this so far but from reading deeper into the story this gets even heavier later on and the show has not displayed a whole lot of competence with being able to handle stuff like this so for example the character interactions with her mom that we've talked about being so unusual and so heavy-handed i can't imagine that those themes are going to be well executed later on when things get even heavier
1: yeah i'd have to agree this show really tries to get me to root for maya as an underappreciated prodigy, but I can't get behind a show where the way that they do that is by everybody else telling me how terrible she is. It is heavy. It It's heavy in not a good way, you know, um, and it doesn't feel authentic. It feels like they're trying to manipulate my feelings to get me to like her when they could just make her a likable character
0: yeah they haven't done a great job with that at all um and for me i think that was definitely the biggest detractor of the show uh was the heavy-handed character interactions and the way that they are trying to manipulate you into liking the character now i'm not sure if this is how it is in the manga or if that's unique to the way the anime portrays it but they had so much room for rounded characters who either invested in her career and helped her to become an actress and to find her calling in life, or people who, uh, like you said, were more realistic about the world and how difficult it is to be an actress. And those could have been interesting themes, but instead they just gave us these black and white like heroes and villains.
1: So all this being said, would you watch more of the show?
0: So unsurprisingly, I'm going to say No. <laughs> I think it had some strong things going for it, and they they could have taken those characters somewhere. Uh, and the premise is fine; like, I don't I don't mind this like young girl trying to figure out her life and being interested in acting, and then somebody coming along to help her through that. But I think they could have had more nuance to the characters, and without good characters and good character interactions, a show like this isn't going to survive. Uh, so. I'm definitely not invested in it, especially seeing that it's 51 episodes long. Uh, no, thank you.
1: Uh, yeah, I completely agree. I am also not into this show. This show felt like a really bad soap opera. And it's, it's like you were saying, every, everybody is so black and white that there's no room for this character to really grow right? She is just going to be this amazing actress who's just going to hone her skills. And it doesn't seem like there's going to be any development of her because she's already kind of put up on this pedestal as this sweet, amazing person who just hasn't discovered how to deal with her talent. Rather than exploring these themes of growing up and discovering that she has chosen a harder life and and that's okay that she's done that because she's so talented and and having to deal with the tension with her mom instead of what we haven't even talked about which is she decides to run away as you know it's a, it's a very childish response but she gets rewarded for it yeah and i i just don't care <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's plenty of things we haven't talked about with this show um like, there are characters who are basically, like, some sorts of producers who are trying to obtain rights to this this work that everyone wants to see and hasn't seen for 20 years. And this dude, one of them, is substantially older than the main character, and every time he shows up on screen, there's this this, like, swell of music, and she stares at him with these longing eyes, and you're like... Mm, no i don't i don't think so
1: yeah they're building romantic tension between the two of them and it feels very uncomfortable yeah he
0: looks 30 yeah and he probably is probably anyways yeah uh
1: no (laughs) all right hard pass all right well i think that does it for this week if you want to learn more about our show you can visit our website at annamonday.moe that's annamonday.moe You can send us questions or comments to podcast at anamonday.moey. And you can find us on our Facebook and Twitter. Our username is anamondaycast, and you can find links for that on our website.
0: Yeah, and we mentioned before we've got something special coming up for our 25th episode.
1: It's going to be fun. Uh,
0: What you can do in advance is start sending us questions uh, to our our email address, podcast at anamonday.moey, or to our Twitter account. However you want to get in touch with us, Uh, send us any questions you have about like what kind of anime we like uh, when we're not doing the show and how we got into anime and uh, any of your questions that you might have for us, the hosts.
1: Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun to get to connect with you guys.
0: Uh, I do want to thank Crunchyroll for all of the anime that you provide and for the random button, which produces these wonderful and wonderfully terrible results. If you want to follow along with us each week, we'll have a link to the current title on our website and social media so you can watch what we're watching. Thanks also to C2A for the intro and outro music, which come from his Senpai EPs so you can buy on Bandcamp. Uh, I'll also provide links to his music in the show notes and on our website.
1: Are you ready to roll?
0: I hope it's another acting show. (laughs) Oh, boy. Random button in three, two, one. All right. The anime for this week is Devil Survivor, the animation.
1: And the first episode is called Melancholy Sunday. What a title.
0: So, uh, fun fact, uh, Devil Survivor is part of the Shin Megami Tensei series. So it's tangentially related to Persona.
1: Hey, (laughs) I can get behind this. Uh Maybe.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, so we'll see how that compares to Persona then.
1: Yeah, that'll be good.
0: All right. Thank you all for joining us and we will see you next time.
1: Bye. Bye. hmm uh, Must you do that?
0: I must. Alright, Kayla. Do you have any general thoughts to close this out? Blah 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 blah, blah.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were gonna just go to music. I oh, had a thing for music. I don't care about the music. Oh okay. Well I have nothing to I have add about. like two things. Okay. Okay. <laughs>